0: On the very same day that a Republican lawmaker revealed allegations from a previously undisclosed FBI memo that Ukraine did in fact bribe Joe Biden, Joe himself, and his son Hunter to the tune of $5 million each, the Biden DOJ announced that it would indict Donald Trump over his alleged mishandling of classified documents. We sometimes joke about these indictments. Oh, here they go again. Seems to me I've heard that song before. Which radical DA is exploiting a porn star or a gossip columnist or whoever to to drag Trump over bogus charges this time? We sometimes say, this will only help Trump's political chances. His numbers are going to go up. Yeah, sure. This is a little bit different. This isn't some two-bit prosecutor in New York. This is the federal government, Joe Biden's federal government. Indicting Joe Biden's chief political rival over an alleged crime that Trump not only could not have committed, because he couldn't have ha- mishandled the classified documents, because as president, he had the right to declassify whatever he wanted, however he wanted to do it, but furthermore, it's over an alleged crime that Joe Biden himself committed. Joe Biden had classified documents strewn all over the place, unsecured in multiple states and he committed that crime when he did not have the power to declassify those documents at will the doj is indicting trump for having some outdated physical copies of presidential documents in his home under lock and key all with the full knowledge of the government while hillary clinton stored classified contemporary information on an easily hackable home server and didn't get so much as a slap on the wrist. No Democrats have gotten in trouble at all for that. Donald Trump could go to prison for the rest of his life. Now, even Joe Biden's DOJ is not so reckless and stupid as to go after Trump on the classified documents charge per se, since they know as well as anyone that Trump had the right to declassify. So instead, They're going after him for violating the Espionage Act. You know that, super spy Donald Trump, agent for Moscow, or whatever. The same nonsense they've been promoting for seven years that has now been totally disproven time and time again. They're going after him for, quote, gathering, transmitting, or losing information respecting the national defense. They're going after him for obstructing justice. Vague charges that are so obviously political that even my leftist doppelganger on MSNBC is admitting it. You have to wonder if the Justice Department is considering whether there is some political solution to this criminal problem, whether part of the issue here is not just that Trump has committed crimes, but that Trump has committed crimes and plans on being back in the White House. Do they consider as part of a potential plea offer something that would prescribe him, proscribe him from 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 running for office
1: again? I don't know.
0: There it is. Maybe they'll make a deal. We won't throw you in prison for the rest of your life, but you just got to stop running for office. I don't care, especially, not only do I not care how high your poll numbers are, especially when your poll numbers get high, we're going to stop you from running. We're going to stop people from having the chance to vote for you. How's that sound? Is that a good deal for this allegedly terrible crime? For all the pearl clutching over Trump's upending of norms and our sacred democracy, Trump pretty much just joked about it. Lock her up was a funny line against Hillary in a debate. It was not something that he ever seriously intended to do. When Democrats worried that locking up presidential candidates, to say nothing of former presidents, would send us fully into banana republic territory, they were right. That's why we didn't do it then. And that's exactly why they are doing it now. I'm Michael Knowles, this is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. This episode is brought to you by Genucel Skincare. Try Genucel's most popular package for 70% off at GenuCell.com slash Knowles. That is GenuCell.com slash Knowles. Really telling story of a, a gal who... Is working on OnlyFans and selling pictures of her body and everything. Even though she could have been a lawyer, she has fancy degrees, good educational background. She decided to become a porn star. And her reasoning for it is quite bad, but it's reasoning that a lot of modern people take up. So we'll get to that in a second. First though, I don't want to let our corrupt establishment off the hook. Not even just here in the United States, even over in France. Did you hear about this attack yesterday? Horrific, horrific attack where a migrant in France, a Middle Eastern migrant, starts wreaking havoc around a playground and starts stabbing little toddlers, cute little toddlers, two French, two tourists, I think one British, one Dutch. These are kids. I have have a son who's the age of these kids right now, so it especially rings a chord here, which is, these are sweet little innocent kids, two-year-old kids. And then this, this migrant goes over and just starts stabbing them. And I think all of them were in critical condition, I don't know how it's shaken out. I haven't haven't seen an update yet. Absolutely horrific, horrific crime. The story here is not even the horrific attack, which had become all too common. That's why they're not exactly newsworthy anymore. Ever since mass migration took over Europe, you're seeing a lot of this in countries that previously had relatively low crime, even the Scandinavian countries. No, the story here is how this is being reported across the pond. This is what Sky News had to say about it.
2: It seems to me that the French police, not the anti-terrorist investigators, have taken charge of the case. And this tells me that this is not a terrorist-driven case. It's mainly if a criminal case. Uh, my fear is that regardless of what, um, I mean, the investigation shows, the fact that the suspect is a Syrian refugee And an asylum seeker will likely be used a great deal by the far right in france given how i mean the cultural wars and the question of refugees Um, the first thing i would say the most important thing is that really uh, our hearts are with the victims and their families given the fact that they are uh, children i mean three years old Uh, and finally even though we don't have information my first instinct tells me that this is really a mentally disturbed individual as opposed to being part of a terrorist organization like al-Qaeda or the so-called Islamic State.
0: He says, my first reaction is to say how terrible this is for the little children. That wasn't his first reaction. You, you heard his first reaction. He said, my first reaction is that this is going to be seized upon by the far right to advance their anti-immigrant, anti-refugee campaign. That's the real tragedy here. Oh, yeah, the first thing that strikes me about this crime is how the Republicans are gonna pounce. That's how we talk about it in America. The way they talk about it in Europe, they say, the far right is gonna seize upon this to advance their anti-immigrant agenda. Secondly, it's really sad that these little toddlers were stabbed by the refugee who had no business being in France. Who, who received asylum up north and then comes down to France because, I don't know, I guess he likes the weather in France a little bit better. Then is told, no, you got to go to the first country that you received asylum in. And then what, what's the next thing he says? And by the way, I just, I just want to know, th- this has nothing to do with ideology. This has nothing to do with his belief system. It's purely mental health. Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm, I have no idea what motivated this guy. But you just, you see this instinct. Anything that goes wrong always has to be the fault of the far right. The far right always has to be to blame. Far right, by the way, means anybody to the right of Barack Obama. It has to be their fault. It's either their fault for committing the crime, which is unusual, or it's their fault for seizing upon the crime to advance their terribly unjust agenda. That's the first thing. Second thing is ideologies that the left embraces can never be at fault. If a leftist commits a crime and his ideology is a part of that crime, plays a role in it, then it's just a mental health problem. You saw this in the transgender shooting in Nashville. You saw this in the leftist shooting of the congressional baseball game. You see see this every single time. And then the third thing you see is the incidents are never about themselves as far as the left is concerned. It's only about how they can achieve political advantage. And you you especially see that now with the, the classified documents issue. The libs have been mishandling classified documents forever with no right to do so whatsoever. But then the moment that a Republican that they don't like, who seems popular, who seems like a threat to the system, not just a threat to the Democrats instead of the Republicans, but to the whole liberal system, when that guy crops up, all of a sudden, They go after him, they throw the book at him, even when he had every right to have those documents. The battle we're seeing here is not just the left versus the right or the Republicans versus the Democrats or the conservatives versus the liberals or whatever. It's a broader coalition of the people who recognize that something's rotten about this system that has overtaken the West and the elites who run that system. We got to talk about it. When you want to talk to your friends, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, head on over to puretalk.com slash Knowles, a company that I am very proud to stand behind, a company that is proud to stand behind our show and The Daily Wire and our whole country is Pure Talk. Veteran owned with a 100% American workforce, they share our beliefs, our vision for the country. That is why Pure Talk is the official cell phone wireless partner of The Daily Wire. That's not the only reason. The other reason is they have a phenomenal service. Pure Talk happens to be the most dependable 5G network in the United States. They are a top-tier provider at a fraction of the cost of those other woke companies. You know the ones I'm talking about. I don't want to name names like ATT, Verizon, and T-Mobile. They don't care about your values, and Pure Talk does. Mix and match your plans to fit every person in your family. Choose from talk, text, 5G data for just 20 bucks a month, all the way up to the unlimited data with a mobile hotspot for only 55 bucks a month, which is a lot less than you're paying now, I guarantee it. You vote with how you spend your money, so stop supporting companies that hate you and hate your country. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles. Right now, you will save an additional 50% off your first month. Puretalk.com slash Knowles. Puretalk.com slash Knowles. Puretalk, wireless for Americans by Americans. You want to talk about the uniparty? You want to talk about the people versus the elites? Forget about Trump for a second, who's the most populist major candidate on the right that we have seen in a very, very long time. And that's why the Libs hate him so much. That's why they hate him more than his rivals. But you see it on the left, too. Cornell West is a socialist professor. He was at Harvard for a while. Then he was at Princeton. And he's really leftist. I mean, he's really out there. He, he, he would produce rap. He produced a rap album. He campaigned for Bernie Sanders he is a radical. He's a radical leftist. He's announced that he's running for president on the People's Party platform. MSNBC is furious about it. It's not Fox News that's furious about it. Well, Fox News now, you know, not not the most right-wing network. It's not the Daily Wire that's furious about Cornell West running. I welcome it. I think it's probably going to be a pretty funny campaign. I think it'll be entertaining. He, he'll probably raise some ideas that are at least more insightful. Perspicacious than what Joe Biden is talking about. No, it's the li- liberals that are upset that Cornell West is running. There's a piece here on the the Joy Reid blog of MSNBC. Cornell West's leftist presidential bid has right wing DNA. The people framing newly announced presidential candidate Cornell West as a leftist seem to be lazily sanitizing his recent history, and voters deserve better. What are you, t- Cornell West, is an actual Marxist. He said, you can't, how are you going to say this guy is a right winger? This guy advocates uh, abortion and he has an extreme view about abortion. He embraces socialist economic policies. He's attacking Joe Biden and the liberals from the left. And the liberals don't like that. So the liberals are trying to characterize him as a right winger, but he's not a right winger. What does, this doesn't make any sense. What is his campaign platform? Here, here it is. Democracy creates Disruption. It creates an eruption, it creates an interruption. Wide from below, the energies of everyday
1: people is manifest. And I know there are precious people in your life who you care for.
0: That's why it's important for you to be involved, important for you to participate. We're not talking about hating anybody, we're talking about loving. We're talking about affirming. We're talking about empowering those who have been pushed to the margins because neither political party wants to tell the truth about Wall Street, about Ukraine, about the Pentagon, about big tech. Oh, that's why they hate him. (laughs) They don't hate him because he's a right winger. He is very much not a right winger, but he's anti-establishment. He's anti-liberal. This is hard for some conservatives to make sense of because for decades now, we've failed to distinguish between liberals and communists. And also for many decades now, we've defended liberalism. Some conservatives have said, oh, I'm a classical liberal. I identify as a liberal. I'm a, The liberals are the true conservatives or whatever, which is not true. And, and so we've, we've blurred the lines in part because it's funny. It's funny when we call you know, Joe Biden, a communist or something, in part because the liberals and the communists have a fair bit in common with one another. But they're distinct groups. And it's, it's worth pointing out that the Marxists and the conservatives also have some things in common with one another, as opposed to liberalism. Politics is a little bit more complicated than just left versus right exactly. A friend of mine who's a Marxist, very intelligent, educated guy. He thinks that Karl Marx would have been in the Tea Party. If Karl Marx lived in 2011, he would have been a member of the Tea Party. This is why Cornel West, who is extremely left-wing, is a big promoter of democracy. The liberals hate democracy. The liberals are always trying to undermine democracy. Whenever the people vote for something they don't like, they try to suppress the will of the people. That's very pro-liberal, but very anti-democratic. Cornel West just wrote a, a column in the Wall Street Journal with a conservative defending the classics defending DeSantis for defending the classics. Cornel West has read all of the classic works in the West. He's come to very leftist conclusions as a result of that. But he embraces the classics, the classical tradition, unlike the liberals who are trying to suppress that, get the classics out of school and replace it with a bunch of modern nonsense and gay porn in the case of of a lot of these school libraries. So the liberals hate him too. There's a good book out, or it's about to come out. I just did a review of it in the American Conservative. Um, It's by Patrick Deneen, who wrote Why Liberalism Failed. And the new book is called Regime Change. And he has a really helpful little chart in it, where he points out four quadrants of politics. And on one axis, you have favors the people, doesn't favor the people. And on the other axis, you have views the people as revolutionary and views the people as conservative. And so you've got four versions of politics here. Classical liberalism, libertarianism, say, progressive liberalism, conservatism, and Marxism. And each goes in a different quadrant. The classical liberals don't favor the people. They favor revolt. They, they favor rule by the an elite. Same goes for the progressive liberals. They don't really favor the people. They favor rule by the elite. But one of them thinks the people are revolutionary. The other thinks that the people are a conservatizing force. The Marxists do favor, at least in theory, favor rule by the people. That's why you always hear power to the people. And you know, we need a people's revolution. Workers of the world unite. They, at least in theory, favor rule by the people. They think the people are revolutionary. They're going to be the leaders of the revolution. Conservatives also favor rule by the people. They also, they think that people are generally, right, but they think that people are not revolutionary, that people are a conservatizing force. That's why you see Edmund Burke, Benjamin Disraeli, many American conservatives who say, Alexei de Tocqueville say, you know, that the people have this common sense. They've got this wisdom that, that slows down the crazy schemes of the ruling class. Conservatives and Marxists have a fair bit in common, and the the liberal establishment, the liberal ruling class, is going to go after those left-wingers. That's why they went after Bernie so hard. That's why they're going after Cornel West now, even in MSNBC. And that's why they go after Trump, because Trump is not a classical liberal exactly. He's not a member of the ruling class. He's a populist. He does favor the people. He favors shaking things up and giving the people a greater say. That's why they're going after him so hard. Donald Trump doesn't fit neatly into the Republican box or the conservative movement box. That's what makes him so dangerous to them politics makes strange bedfellows. Think about how the conservatives tend now to agree with the radical feminists on pornography. Radical feminists were very anti-porn. The kind of liberal squishy feminists were pro-porn, sex positive. But the radical feminists were very anti-porn. They said it's misogynistic and exploitative. Conservatives agree with them. The classical liberals agree with the squishy feminist liberals. They say, oh, porn is good. Don't worry about porn. People have the right to porn or whatever. So that makes strange bedfellows. Think about it on transgenderism. It's the radical feminists who are probably most vociferously anti-trans. So the conservatives now make common cause with someone like J.K. Rowling, who's very to the left. Because we agree with each other on this topic. We disagree with the liberal establishment. And on, on that topic, we just got a really disturbing bit of info about... Ellen Page, you know, she's the actress who now goes by Elliot, who says that she was, I don't know, she was uh, accosted in MAGA country holding her Subway sandwich a year ago. She told a difficult to believe tale of transphobic, homophobic attacks in West Hollywood, which is the gayest neighborhood in America. And a lot of people didn't believe it. But where did she come up with what appears to be a fable? Well, she's a troubled lady. She's got some trouble. In fact, She explains in an interview with the LA Times about how she tried to kill herself. So one night, well, LA Times writes he, I'll change it to she because Ellen Page is a woman. One night she tried to knock herself out, took her knuckles to her face and pounded over and over until bruises formed. For days after she sat in a lawn chair on the porch, ashamed her face sore. And then she heard a voice, you don't have to feel this way. It was a small voice, barely discernible, but it kept echoing in her head a way out. If it it was as if something in my brain turned around, recalls Page, now 36, the agonizing voice saying, no, you're not. No, you can't just switch and be, you can't just switched and became very gentle and loving. Oh, maybe I'm trans. Why don't I explore that? Within weeks, she had scheduled a Zoom consultation with a doctor to discuss top surgery, meaning lopping her breasts off. The procedure was scheduled for November. A month later, she announced her fans on Instagram who have known her since the release of Juno 13 years prior that her name was now Elliot. What do you call it when you're in the midst of a a breakdown where you're harming yourself, where you're behaving very irrationally, and then you hear a, a voice in your head telling you that reality is different than it is. And that voice in your head then leads you to even more destructive and harmful behaviors. We in our modern culture, we just call that we either call that mental illness. Or, in this case, what the liberal culture calls it is, your intuition, your true, the vibes of the universe telling you the truth, man. In traditional culture, in Christian culture, there's another word for that. And and if if you want to hear a description of that, you can listen to my interview with The Exorcist, uh, Father Dan Rehill, which is on my YouTube channel and has over 3 million views now. When you want to improve your looks, you shouldn't deny reality. You should just embrace really good products that will help you look and feel a little bit better, like Genucel. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Did you know our friends at Genucel have upgraded their most popular package to feature their top-selling deep-firming vitamin C serum plus ultra-retinol moisturizer with natural retinol alternative? Did you know that? Now you do. Right now, you can take advantage of this limited-time package upgrade for 70, percent off. Why waste time and money to go get work done to your face when you can get skin skincare shipped right to your door. Here's one review from Robert in Blessing, Texas. Quote, I purchased Genucel as a gift for my girlfriend. She said she saw the results so fast. Her skin is noticeably softer and smoother. I can see and feel a difference too. She was already beautiful and Genucel has made her more beautiful. GenuCell Secret is a family recipe for over 20 years that makes it safe for all skin types and perfect for both men and women made by a compounding pharmacist in small batches and always safe and cruelty-free and natural. Really love the founder of this company, Coptic Christian, left Egypt for the American dream. Go to GenuCell.com slash and try GenuCell's most popular package for 70% off, featuring both GenuCell's Ultra Retinol and GenuCell's Firming Serum. Get a complimentary spa, essential box with every package order, plus free upgrade to priority shipping. That is GenuCell.com slash Knowles, GenuCell.com my favorite comment yesterday is, the, is from the superbly fantastical channel who says, Canadian here, a large portion of the current wildfires have been intentionally set. Arson charges have already been laid in some cases. I'd seen some reports of this that not infrequently is the case. And what's ironic is in some cases, the people who commit this environmental destruction are environmentalists themselves. I'm not saying that's what happened here in Canada. The I'm not saying that's not what happened either. Uh, we don't know. We'll see how that plays out in the courts. But very often that is the case. And it, it's like the, the black people who you know, hang nooses from trees and say that they were or set burning crosses and say they're the victims of an anti-black hate crime. Why do they do that? Why does Jesse Smollett walk around downtown Chicago and say he was attacked by white supremacists who happened to be Nigerian, we later found out? Uh, they do it. One, because they're a little off. Two, to get attention. And three, because they think that will accelerate social change to bring about the political uh, changes that they want. So they, they think that, okay, people aren't taking climate change seriously enough. Well, maybe if I burn down forests, then they'll start to take it seriously. People aren't taking racism seriously enough. Okay, well, maybe if I Pretend that I'm. I was almost lynched in Chicago. Maybe then they'll take it seriously enough. So they'll they'll lie. They'll harm themselves. They'll harm the cause that they allegedly care about. But it's it's for a greater good. It's to accelerate that kind of change, and it's pretty pretty bizarre. Now, speaking of Christianity, as we just were, Pat Robertson just died. Pat Robertson was the host of the Seven Hundred Club. He he was quite aged, 93 years old, and he he just kept broadcasting. So he'd he'd just still be in that chair. He was still very sharp until the end. I really like Pat Robertson. And I like him for a number of reasons. He and I had, you know, probably would have some theological differences, let's say. But he was basically on the right side of things. He was basically fighting for all the right stuff. He basically had all the right enemies. And Pat Robertson was a confounding figure in modern politics in, in that he helped me to see how corrupt our media and establishment are because this guy was portrayed as a complete Looney tune idiot by our mainstream establishment media. He was anything but. This was a very, very serious man. A lot of people don't know this. He had a, a law degree from Yale, the top law school in the country. He worked on Wall Street. He was, by the by the standards of the modern world, he was extraordinarily successful, pretty much as successful as one can be. And then he had a conversion experience, gave up his wicked ways, and he became a televangelist, became a presidential candidate. When you look at his interviews as a presidential candidate back in 1988, he's a very sober, serious person, giving really detailed answers on domestic policy, foreign policy. Very serious guy. And he never shied away from his faith. And he never shied away from blunt language. Pat Robertson, in a fundraising letter in 1992, formulated one of my absolute all-time favorite quotes in American politics. And I'm going to read it. I've memorized most of it, but I'm going to read it to get it word perfect. I cannot improve on what Pat Robertson said. He said, quote, The feminist agenda is not about equal rights for women. It is about a socialist, anti-family political movement that encourages women to leave their husbands, kill their children, practice witchcraft, destroy capitalism, and become lesbians. (laughs) A little harsh, and yet, and yet. Show me the lie. Show me the lie. I don't see the lie anywhere. Speaking of weird sex stuff, the CIA... Come out of the closet. CIA usually hides in closets and under beds and does all sort of secret spy stuff. Well, they've come out of the closet. CIA is pro-Pride. They tweet out: CIA's 2023 theme for Pride Month is well come. Wellness, equity, LGBTQ positive, community openness. Me! Pride Month is an occasion for all of us at the agency to pay tribute to the rich history community and mission. Mission contributions of our LGBTQ positive officers, hashtag pride. What's funny is CIA, for most of its history, uh, would regularly try to ferret out homosexuals because they knew that they were a security risk because they could be blackmailed. But I guess now one of the, the the silver lining in the storm cloud of all this sexual revolution stuff is that it's hard to blackmail people because it's all out in the open. If, if a guy like Sam Brinton worked for the federal government, the, the former nuclear waste czar, if he worked for the federal government in the past and someone had a picture of him wearing leather costumes, leading a guy around on a leash, dressed up like a dog, wearing women's clothing, lipstick, whatever, they could have turned that guy. If the Soviets got that picture, they would have flipped him. He would have, he would have been a double agent. Oh, they would have gotten him, right? But now Sam Brinton is publishing the photos himself. So there's no blackmail. It's really bizarre and degenerate, but, but that would be, I guess, the silver lining. And so the CIA, they're, they're all for it. The other thing in, in defense of the CIA here is that pride is obviously a massive psyop. It's a massive psyop intended to weaken our country that was regularly promoted by our enemies who encouraged all this kind of sexual deviancy. The Soviet Union had many memoranda written about this, about how they were gonna try to infiltrate the United States and promote this sexual deviancy because it would weaken the nation. You, You hear former KGB officers talking about this openly. And so because pride is a massive psyop and because the job of the CIA is to run psyops, I guess there is a little bit of a congruency there. You'd hope that the CIA doesn't run psyops against America. That would be your hope, I guess. But anyway, there it is. CIA went gay. More like CI gay, am I right? Am I right? Speaking of the weird sex stuff too, there's a really telling interview from an OnlyFans girl whose name eludes me or escapes me at the moment. Uh, But she was speaking to Piers Morgan on one of his TV shows. And what separates this OnlyFans girl from other OnlyFans girls is that she has a lot of academic credentials. She has a professional credential. She could have made a good amount of money as a lawyer. Instead, she chose to strip on camera. Here's why. I'm just curious about you being someone who embarked on a a
2: law career, Mm. was obviously very bright, went to university, packed it in just for money to be effectively an online stripper. I mean, that's what you do, right? Yeah.
0: Way worse than an online stripper. But um What do you mean way worse? <laughs> way worse. Online strippers just you know, naked. I do things that are way more grotesque well, than just that. pornography. Pornography, anything, but it's all within what I want to do and I absolutely love it and I'm really good at it. You know, I could be a good lawyer, yes, but also am I good at doing other things on video and camera? How
2: would yes. you feel when you want to have kids yourself?
0: Well, I mean that's I, I don't really want kids right now. But you would how old are you? 25.
2: Right, so you will do at some stage, probably, right? Maybe. When you do, you are going to be proud that you have your little ones and they look at you and go, didn't you want to be a lawyer, mummy? What happened? Yeah. And you go, "Here, but look at all my stuff.
0: They can cry in a Ferrari. They can cry in a Ferrari. That's a good line. But think about what that line means. It means this woman is willing to compromise her children's well-being for money. Because they will, they will cry. And I guess maybe they'll cry in a Ferrari. I doubt she's making Ferrari money. They'll probably cry in like a mid-grade Lexus. But she's saying, one, I'm willing to compromise my kid's well-being for money. And two, she's saying money is more important than a, a more metaphysical sense of well-being. Money is more important than integrity. Maybe not at every level, but enough money at the high levels, when you're talking about Ferrari money, that is more important. It's like that, that old joke about a guy walks up to, to a girl at a bar and says, uh, hey, would you sleep with me for 100 bucks?" She says, absolutely not. He goes, would you sleep with me for a million dollars? I got a million dollars. i pay you right now to sleep with me. She goes, oh, um, well, yeah, maybe. He goes, okay, how about 200 bucks?" She says, what? What are you talking about? He goes, well, I, now I know what you are. Now we're just haggling about the price. But that there's a difference, not in degree here, but a difference in kind. Are you the sort of person who would who would sell your integrity for money, or are you not? The, I'm not really knocking this girl. The temptations here are extraordinarily high, and I'm sure that if you're very very good at OnlyFans, you can make a lot of money. The vast majority of girls make essentially no money on this, and then sell out their their image and their integrity and their Future marriages and and relationship with their children for for nothing. They actually like a lot of Faustian bargains. They actually will get. They won't even get the material benefit from it. But I see how some people could be really tempted to do this stuff in our modern culture, especially a modern culture that ignores the moral order. But it's really not a complicated question. There are some things that you should not be willing to do for any price. In part, in no small part, because money isn't all that. Beyond a certain point, money doesn't really make you any happier until you can afford private air travel, and then it does make you happier in certain circumstances. But other than that, it doesn't really make you happier. The material things of this world will pass away. Possession will not make you happier. In fact, it'll probably just arouse your desires to, to get more material things. All the money in the world is not worth a sense of spiritual peace. It not, not even close. It's just, uh, this is not soft, soap, you know, proselytizing. It's just a fact because metaphysical things are more enduring. Your treasure in heaven is going to last a lot longer than a Ferrari, which is going to rust and break down quicker than you think. This weekend, the greatest interview show on the internet is back. I'm talking about yes or no. We got a new episode featuring my pal, Charlie Kirk. Charlie is, of course, the very sharp and very tall young conservative powerhouse that we all know and love. This is an episode you do not want to miss. Here's some even better news. Where's my game? Where's my game? Did someone steal my game? Probably these jackals around the Daily Wire want to keep the yes or no game. Well, we have them back in stock, even if they're not in stock on my desk. The yes or no game is here, dailywire.com slash shop. Get your game today. Don't miss out these are going to sell out too. They're going to sell out faster than many people think. I've said this now twice, and some people didn't believe me, and then they had to wait a long time on the pre-order list to get the game. So get the game now. These are cards for humanity, you might say. Yes or no is the best way to spice up your parties, test your knowledge of your friends and family while discussing the most titillating topics of our time. dailywire.com shop. Order yes or no today. Folks, it's not too late to show your appreciation and gratitude for your dad who took the bold choice not to become a chick Get him Jeremy's Razors. Today is the last opportunity to order in time for Father's Day. Save on select bundles and razor starter kits. They're 100% woke free, unashamed to celebrate masculinity. Don't just give your dad a gift. Give your dad Jeremy's Razors, the gift that says, thank you, dad, for being and staying a man. Go to jeremysrazors.com today. Finally, finally, we've arrived at my favorite time of the week when I get to hear from you in the mailbag. The mailbag is sponsored by Pure Talk. Go to puretalk.com slash Knowles to save 50% off your first month. Take
1: it away. Hi, Michael. When the right says that we love America and the left does not, I think this needs to be reevaluated. When the left says they love America, what they really mean is they love what America could be if their values were put in place. But when the right says they love America, it seems to amount to basically saying that they loved it when America defeated the Nazis, for example. But I'm looking around as a conservative in 2023, and I can't find anything to love about our nation broadly. We kill babies. We deny God. We trans the kids. We open our borders to thieves and criminals and rapists and drug dealers and we look the other way when it affects our neighbors. Our nation seems evil from shore to shore. Why would I love America? Am I wrong in thinking this way or should conservatives think long and hard about um, what patriotism is? Uh, Thanks and I appreciate your response.
0: Great question. I had a wonderful mother. Absolutely wonderful mother, just love her to death. So it's easy to love my mother. I have a wonderful father. It's very easy to love my father. Some people don't, though. Some people have deadbeat dads. Some people have drug-addicted, neglectful mothers, vicious parents. Some people have bad parents, okay? And yet, all people are called upon to show some respect for their parents, and one hopes to love one's parents. This is filial piety, which is a good thing in itself, in the right, proper order we are called to respect and even to love our parents. If they're worthy of respect and lovable, all the better, but but we, we, we have that obligation. When people just openly, constantly resent their parents and diss them all the time and, and whine and complain and blame them for everything, that's when they become big libs, right? you say, I hate you, dad. That's what all liberalism basically boils down to. Patriotism is an extension of filial piety. We owe our nation our support and respect because it is our nation. And sometimes our nation resembles my loving, wonderful, great parents. And sometimes our nation resembles Uh, the heroin addict, neglectful, degenerate people. Uh, But we owe them a little bit of reverence, and at at the very least, and love. And we owe it to them and to ourselves to uh, help them to improve and to, to live a good and more flourishing life. In no small part because we're part of it. We're in that family. It's our community. You can't really leave that. Your family is your family. Your country is your country. And so we owe it our country, but we owe it it to ourselves also to uh, love it. You can't really improve anybody if you hate that person. It's not going to work. Next question. Michael, big fan and fellow Catholic here. I wanted to ask about at one of your relatively recent speaking events, probably a couple
2: of months ago, you briefly touched on the topic of limbo during the Q&A section when somebody asked about whether or not unbaptized babies go to heaven. Um, I was wondering if you could expound on that and what the Catholic Church has historically taught about limbo and what the Catholic Church currently teaches about limbo. And I had a second question, which was, uh, how does it feel to share a nickname with the former First Lady of the United States? Thanks, Big Mike.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Really good questions. I guess I'll take the first one first. Uh, yes. Someone asked me, some wise guy decided what, during while I was giving a speech about abortion. He said, hey, do babies go to heaven? Do, do a pre-born babies go to heaven? And he expected me to just say yes. But I, I started to give the tr- traditional Christian answer on it, which is, well, there's actually this concept called limbo. And then he cut me off because he realized he wasn't getting the gotcha answer he wanted. He goes, well, if they go to heaven, we should kill them all, right? Isn't that good? And I was like, well, that's not the answer. That was the problem. So what what is limbo? Uh, a lot of people are confused about this, including Catholics who don't even know what the Church teaches anymore. Um, limbo is well, there are two kinds of limbo, traditionally understood. There is the limbo of the just, and the limbo of the just is also referred to in the Bible as the bosom of Abraham. It's the place that souls go after death, before the opening up of the of the kingdom of heaven, before the the. Crucifixion and the resurrection and the redemption of mankind. Uh, so it's it's a kind of a hell, but it's not like the hell with the pitchforks where you're being just brutally tortured for all of eternity. It's nice enough. M- maybe you would compare it to the Greek understanding of the Elysian Fields. It's it's kind of nice. Maybe a little less nice than that, but you know it's okay. And then Christ goes down and harrows hell and. Uh, You see this in the writing of St. Peter. You see this in the writing of St. Paul. You see this, you see also the necessity for limbo in the Gospels, which is uh, Christ goes in and brings the just souls who died before the uh, crucifixion and the resurrection and brings them up to heaven to see the face of God. Christ says that to have eternal life, uh, to, you know, be with him in heaven to uh, see the very face of God. Right, uh, you need baptism. You need to be born of water and of blood, reborn. And uh, this baptism washes away original sin. So, what happens if you die before you've been baptized? Especially in the case of like little unbaptized babies, the traditional teaching of the church is a little complicated. In that Saint Augustine took a view that was a little bit harsher, which is that they go to hell essentially. But it's not the worst kind of hell. It's not, you know, they're not at the very pit being in, in the most kind of physical and spiritual torture, but, but it's still hell. Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas took a little more lenient view, which is that the, the limbo of the infants, the place that the infants go after, after death, is a place of perfect natural happiness, but not supernatural happiness. That in order to have the supernatural happiness of the vision of God himself, the beatific vision, that, that one uh, must be re- baptized, that one must be redeemed and have his soul sealed in Christ. But but for babies who are not guilty of any sin other than the fallenness of human nature, which we call original sin, uh, they they are still able to achieve perfect natural happiness. So it's not like they're whining and complaining. Well, babies always whine and complain. But it's it's not that they're despairing in the sense of longing for this supernatural happiness that is unattainable for them. They, they've got the perfect amount of happiness that one is capable of naturally, but they lack the supernatural happiness that those who have been reborn into Christ uh, can achieve. There's a lot more to say about limbo. I mean, we could go on for hours and hours about what church fathers and doctors of the church have said about limbo, but that's the the basic idea. And it is necessary in order to make sense of the church teaching which we get from our Lord Himself in the Gospels, which is that to enter heaven, you got to be baptized and to, to, to be to be reborn in Christ. And so in order to, to make sense of that, uh, limbo is, is a place that well, one we actually do see it in the scriptures, but two we can we can also deduce it for a reason as, as great thinkers and theologians have done throughout history. Okay, next one.
2: Hey Michael, this is a really quick message. Uh, let's say hypothetically, I killed someone because this this didn't happen. This didn't happen. I, let's say I killed someone and they. It, it just imagine they, because you need to imagine they are laying in front of me. I'm in the kitchen and uh, and some people are just knocking at my door. So, what can I do? <coughs> What can I do to, to get rid of the body and, don't, and not get caught? That's, that's my question. Uh, it would be great if you, if you could answer that before, before tomorrow, but uh,
0: anyway, uh, yeah, yeah. So hypothetically, I guess if someone were knocking at the door in this case, what you should do, if you want to avoid jail time, if you don't care about the morality of it, you just open the door, you tell them you're a Democrat. You tell them you're a Democrat... Tell them you're happy to help Joe Biden's reelection. You're able to do that, and then you'll you'll get off without a hitch. And probably those coppers will help you help you get rid of the body themselves. Next question.
2: Hey, dirty Mike, Mr. Reality here. <laughs> I wondered if uh, you thought trans people who undergo surgery and claim they're happy with being trans are experiencing a sort of Stockholm syndrome. Um, not unlike someone who's been kidnapped. Uh, Obviously, there's some trans people who detransition, and then there's others who insist that they're the happiest they've ever been after they've removed various body parts, and it just doesn't seem like that would be something someone happy would do. But do you think they're all lying about being happy, or do you think some of them have a sort of Stockholm Syndrome almost? Thanks.
0: Yeah, probably the latter. I don't know that I'd call it exactly Stockholm Syndrome, but yeah, people who engage in destructive behaviors will very often find ways to justify those behaviors to themselves, even if they are conscious at some level of the ways in which it is harming and destroying them. This is because it's easier for people to change their mind than to change their behavior. And especially, in fairness to these people, if they've turned themselves into eunuchs, if they've sterilized themselves, if they've given themselves osteoporosis, if they've, if they've completely or almost completely destroyed their bodies, it's very hard to grapple with that fact. It's very hard to accept that. And so it's m- much easier to say, no, this is actually good. Boy, I'm so happy. Aren't I happy? And, and sort of grit your teeth and bear it. Ultimately, that, that won't be good for them. The only way out is through. The only way out is to say, gosh, I made a big mistake. Everyone makes big mistakes at, at some point. And say, I made a big mistake. There's no totally fixing this. But in, a, in an ultimate, ultimate sense, meaning to pursue the good, to pursue the, the true, to live my life in accordance with reality. One can do that. But the first step is admitting that you have a problem, which a lot of people won't do. It's true of all sorts of advice. Before we go, really quick, uh, Brittany, would you marry Tim? Brittany is the uh, girlfriend of... Tim, who is a member of the creme de la creme, uh, a, a daily viewer of the show, along with his, I hope soon to be, fiance, Brittany. And uh, so, yeah, this is uh, for Tim Blanchfield. He wrote in and asked, Hey, Michael, would you mind bringing up a potential marriage proposal uh, for me to the woman I hope will be my uh, wife, you know, love of my life, all that, you know, all that kind of schmaltzy stuff. So, anyway, Brittany, uh, just just wondering if you would uh, if you would marry Tim. Okay, we've got much more chatting to do with one another in the member block. We've got the written mailbag to get to. We've got fake headline Friday. It's top secret today, guys. Security clearance, according to my producer, is level five based eyes only. I need your help to discern what the fake headline is. So head on over. Dailywire.com slash Use code Knowles at checkout for two months free on all annual plans. If you are not yet a member, we will see you in the member block.